Howdy beauty time? No. <laughs> now? Stand after 11. Now know why I asked? How many, how, okay, now, I'm going to say this right up front. If you decide to stay home and watch the, the game tonight, the Super Bowl, that's fine. You understand? Yes. You'll hear no criticism from me. Okay? Okay. All right. Some feel really condemned. And <laughs> All right, now I'm going to ask this. How many planning to watch the Super Bowl today? If I can, I won't be around too much anymore. Starts 5.30 kickoff, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes, 5.30 kickoff. I have my VCR or my DVD. DVR set, tape it sold. Well, see, if it starts at five thirty, I could watch it till. Well, we, I try to get up around six twenty, uh, somewhere around there, so I can watch it then. I don't have any last, whatever. But one thing I know for sure: by ten o'clock, I'll know who won. Yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be winners and gonna be losers. And if I didn't, I never thought about it. If I'd known Bruce was wearing his, I'd have worn mine. I got a sweatshirt that says uh, uh, 49. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have worn mine. Where's the tar? Where's the tar? <laughs> hey, for 49 and win, that thing's going on eBay <laughs> or one sales place. Yeah. It's going to gain in value at 49 and win. Now, I'm not predicting that. <clears throat> The Lord, the Lord said he'll bless those who bless him and, and I need the money for it. It's $49 win, I can sell it. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, uh, if it started earlier, I'd have to do my short sermon. So, how many knows what my short sermon is? Turn or burn. Heaven or hell, turn Dear Lord, thank you for this day. We bless everybody as we leave. Oh. I saw the Boonville radio station. They posted on their Facebook they're closed tomorrow. Yeah. To allow their employees to enjoy the game today. Today, so they can re recover. recover from the. They had an article on CS Sports when he was saying it doesn't matter if the uh, 49ers win, lose, Chiefs win, or lose. They said because people get so into the game that most of them aren't able to make it because they're either they win and they're so hyped up. They want to go to the store the next day and buy a shirt or this or that. Or they're so down and out that they don't feel like doing nothing for a day. They expect... They said it's vice versa. It goes either way. Yeah. They expect uh, 15 million people to call in sick. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my phone said you know 16. Why? Yeah. Because yeah. of drink. <laughs> yeah. We can't function. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what now. Bruce and I went last night down to Glory's 
And uh, there's a young man down there. I've been inviting him to come to the uh, music jam session uh, to play for us. Now, he's, he's not a church goer. And so, uh, you know, but anyway, uh, I told him last night, I've heard a lot of good power players. And I know there's some that's probably better than him, but boy, they have to be rare. Because that young man can play a guitar. And uh, he's saying, if he, he's got, you know how Sister Miller can remember all these songs? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the way he is. And uh, last night, uh, <laughs> Roy Stevens had told me that, well, so now he sings Frank Sinatra. Okay, so uh, last night there wasn't very many there. It's kind of sad because they had went through a lot of problems to put this function on to help their club down there. Uh, but anyway, as uh, I walked up to him, <laughs> I said, Clint, I said, uh, would you, uh, no, we said the table wasn't. And I said, I hear you, you do Frank Sinatra. And then I walked up to him. And uh, he said, yeah, I said, well, I won't tell you who told me, but uh, his initial was Roy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway. But the young man is very talented. He, he worked at uh, McDonald's for six years as a, a cook over there. He went to Casey's. And he told me last night he's gonna maybe try to step out in, in his music and stuff. He writes songs and stuff. And he, he's just absolutely just, he's just talented. You know? But uh, I've been inviting him up here to the jam session and stuff. And, We'll try to get him to come when Alan Sibley will be here the 14th of March. I'm going to have him come up. And, uh, they know some people and, uh, that might be able to help this young man step into his music. So, so. He's good, isn't he, Bruce? Yes, he is. Yeah. But anyway. They, they, they play, what, almost three hours straight? Do what? They play about three hours straight. Yeah. But I think they'll take about a Five minute break while he sets the karaoke laptop. You know? Yeah. The never, time he's up there. Never. I mean, that many hours singing and never sang the same song twice. And uh, the young man is good. He he said he replaces his guitar strings every three weeks. Every three weeks. He wear he wears his strings out on his guitar in a three week period. That's all. That's just his life. But anyway, now you got to understand that I would like to see him receive Christ as a Savior. Sure. And the talent that he has, you know, he's used for the glory of the Lord, too. <clears throat> but he, uh, I said, it's just something I've been inviting him, so I would like for y'all to pray for Cleanse his name. Just pray for the young man that, uh, is the Lord opened up the door for him to come to him, know Christ, and and also to where he can use his talent. And instead of six years at McDonald's with that kind of ability, uh, it's pretty bad, pretty sad. I wish I could play a third as good as him. I don't know how old Quinn is, but I call it young man. Uh, our grandson's grandpa on the other side had a birthday. I think say he's 65. And I looked at him and I said, oh, to be 65 again. 
That's pretty bad when you look back to, oh, it used to be 65 again. <laughs> okay. singing the song, it wasn't a song she gave you all to sing or whatever. How many remember when I tell you to turn to certain, certain scripture and I start reading? Yeah. And y'all look at me with real where, where's he at? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reading a different scripture, you know, or what y'all I told you all to look at. <laughs> That's all right. Well be in the book of Matthew. Um, and I might jump around a little bit. I want to look at Matthew a little bit. Okay, and it's going to be in chapter 7. Wayne? Yes. Dave just texted that he won't get out till tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow? Yeah. Well, let's take a minute and pray for Dave. Uh, Dave was in the hospital in, in, in Columbia. He had a set back with his cancer stuff. Well, let's just pray. Father, it's, we just got a text that Dave will be out tomorrow, not today. We talked today. So, Father, I just pray that you be with him. I ask you, Lord, to bring him out of that bed. We prayed the other night, Lord, that uh, the, the people in the jam session, they took time to pray for me. And we know that you hear and answer prayer. So, Lord, we just lift David up to you today. We ask you, Lord, as he dismissed tomorrow, that this cancer will leave his body. That the battle he's fighting with it and the trouble he's having, Lord, it'll just be gone. You take care of it. We ask you, Lord, as your word says that our sin has been put in remission. I ask the same for his cancer. It's going through remission and not to affect his body. So we ask it, and Father, you said you would hear. Jesus, you said that we ask anything of the Father in your name, it shall be done. We're asking in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 <coughs> Dave, I would have been to the jam session there, I think, ever since we started. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he misses that. He misses being in church. You know. But anyway, we want to lift him up. Okay. There's one thing I want to look at here in Matthew. How many likes it when I do kind of a Bible study type thing? Yeah. And if you don't, it's too bad. <laughs> There's the door. Lewis <laughs> told that one lady, don't let that door hit you in the rear on the way out. <laughs> she got on his case pretty heavy. <laughs> okay. Chapter 7. Uh, okay, now. How many remember the message I did last week? Remember now, straight and narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. Who's Jesus Christ? 
broad and wide is the gate that leads to destruction or hell. This morning, uh, we got to talking about the Super Bowl, and uh, Lynn asked something, and we said something and something else, and, but it came around to uh, what if Jesus comes? Uh, somebody look up Hebrews 10 25 real quick for me. I can quote it, but I'd better for one of y'all read it. That way, somebody can't tell that I'm making it up. Say I'm making it up. Hebrews 10 25? Yep, Hebrews 10 25. Let us not give up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay. And what day is that approaching? Rapture. The day of Christ, our day. Jesus coming, our me dying. That day is approaching. Any way you look at it, I got, I got a whole lot less days ahead of me than I have behind me. Honestly, think about it. If, if I had more days ahead of me than I have behind me, I'd have to live up to 145, 150. Human years. Now, we're not talking dog years. We're talking human years. But anyway, that day approaching, either Jesus is coming or I'm going to die. It's going to happen. Uh, has anyone, do you know anyone that's got out of this life alive? That's two witnesses. They're the only ones. Well, what's going to happen to them? They're going to come back and then die. Yeah, there you go. They'll die a physical death and be raised. What about poor Lazarus? He was in paradise, Abraham's bosom. Jesus called him out of there. He's perfectly uh, in paradise. No pain, sorrow, suffering, no, no cares. And here Jesus starts calling for him to come out. Uh, I mean, I no, oh, no I don't that. hear you. Oh, so he had to come back. He had to live in the human body with all the suffering that goes with it and die again. That's not good. But Jesus did it just to satisfy who? Sisters. Sisters. If you're, if, you know, if I die, don't you all be asking God to bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I want is to come back. But no, once I'm with the Lord. You know, and, and anyway, this is what brought the conversation on, what took place in Sunday school. We'll get to these verses in a minute. Anyway, we got to talking about that. But that scripture right there was talking, I had the little... Wonder Bible playing back there, and the stories came, and I talked to them about it and read some out of the Bible for them. And they, I said, Linda, and she asked about the rapture basement. I said, What would happen if Jesus came during the Super Bowl? Hopefully, it'd be a lot of broad and wide in the gate of Right now, there is going to be some Christians at that Super Bowl. If Jesus comes, they're going to disappear. Think about it. If you're not a Christian, you don't want to be on an airplane when Jesus comes if the politics and them are Christians. Because you're coming down. 
a lot of times we don't think about that. But everything that's taking place in this world today, if Jesus comes, every Christian is going to disappear. What if you're on the operating table and the doctor's <laughs> operating on you and, and he disappears? <laughs> what if you're on the table being operated on and you're a Christian and he's not and you disappear? He's going off the rest You know, we were talking, I got to think about this stuff. I said, my goodness, how many car wrecks is going to be? How many airplanes going to come down? How many, how many people, hey, maybe I'll be in the bank and the teller and them disappear and I can get it all the money. <laughs> no, when the Antichrist told me I had to take his mark in order to even buy, sell, or bury the dead. What the Lord said. But stop and think about it. The effect it would have on this world. How many seen the series left behind? Yeah. That's mine what will happen. Yeah. That if you when you watch that left behind series and it, what they show, it'll be a hundred times worse or more than what they show. A child in its mother's arms, and the mother's a non-believer, that child disappears. Can you imagine the, the, the sorrow and the pain and the grieving that's going to take place? When Jesus comes, those who know Christ as their Savior are going to heaven, they leave this earth holding a child and a baby, and that baby disappears and you have the clothes that baby's in, in your arms. I don't think we think enough about what will take place. What, like, say I'm driving down the road and I'm leaving, and my wife is a born-again Christian, and I'm driving down the road, and she's just gone. Her clothes is there, and she's gone. Everything I heard my wife say about her in church, her <coughs> serving the Lord, you think that would hit me right there? Yeah. When I know that she's always talked about the rapture, going to be with Jesus Christ, always wanted me to know Christ as my Savior so I can be there with her. Yeah. There is one blessing in heaven, though. Once I get there, the Lord said there'll be no marriage in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Bring forth 
good fruit. A non-Christian cannot bring forth what God can give us through the Holy Spirit being in us. Non-believers live a different life than what we live. Now, are they good people? Absolutely. How many know good people who don't know Christ? Well, how do you know they don't know Christ? Well, the Lord says, look at their life. That's all it is. That's what he talks about. Look at their life. Not to condemn. You understand that? I'll tell you the sad part about it. So many Christians point fingers at non-Christians. Like last night down there. Last night. We were, he was, the young man was singing some songs. And there's a little bitty boy. This, this little boy about this tall. And his mom put the airplane on so music wasn't too loud for him. And that little boy, he's clapping and, and hollering. And, and that sometimes when we get done, the little boy said, Good job! Uh, you know. And uh, what was Bruce, maybe three, three and a half? That's that. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere around here. Yeah. He was a one pound and eight ounce baby when he was born. And you never know it now. But here's that little boy, and, and Quinn said, well, so now, I see he kind of gets excited when I sing a song about drinking. <laughs> and, 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 and then a little boy. <laughs> but anyway, that, that little boy, right now in this innocence, if the Lord would come, that little boy would be in heaven. Some don't believe that, but the Lord's very plain about that. Uh, if every child that wasn't old enough to know Christ as a Savior went to hell, then David, what David said about his son that died, he, David said, I can't go, uh, he can't come back to me, but I can go to him. Right. So that's telling us that that child uh, died, what, eight, seven days, oh, eight days, and went to heaven. So, now, should we start killing our babies so they all go to heaven? And Absolutely not. I heard that sermon preached one night. I thought, it's too late. That. I mean, that was sad. Well, no. Every baby that does born what we call uh, before the age of accountability. That's, that's different in different children. The Leonard Laney, and they were around 85 when they confessed Christ as their Savior. So they knew at the age of five to do that. So they were accountable. Now you take, uh, say, a, a Down syndrome child. They're not as accountable as we are. A, a child that's mentally challenged, mentally ill in a sense, they're not as accountable at the age as, as we are. So God... And he also said in his word, you show mercy to whom you show mercy. But we don't judge a person like Glenn down there. Well, we really became pretty good friends. I only met him twice. I went to McDonald's. I talked to him over there in, at the first deal we went to. And uh, I just I just liked the young man. Well, see, now people would criticize me and Bruce for going down there. Because we went down there to eat. They had some of the best fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and they had the best green beans you ever ate. <laughs> and they had the corn and 
mashed potatoes and gravy and dessert and all you could eat for eight dollars a donation. Basically, that's what it says. Charge eight dollars. So when I left, they said, "Now take all the chicken you want, take all the desserts you want. We you just take it." So I brought three big pieces of chicken home for Jesus. But that young man said, "Now, what was Jesus accused of?" Eating with sinners. Eating with sinners. All right. So how are we going to help somebody come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior if we don't go around them? They sing an amazing great song at the funeral here the other day that I passed. They changed, uh, it says, and saved a wretch like me. And that song is changed to soul and saved a soul like me, which is all right. The wretch makes me look at myself a little different than a soul like me. Saved a soul. So as we look at this here, we are not to point fingers at other people. The Lord says it's very plain in the word. Very plain. If somebody is your enemy, you feed them. If they're hungry. Oh yeah, you gotta pray for them. If they what is it, despitefully and there's two words there. And there's another word also with that. Spikely and something else, but use you to pray for them. But it says if your enemy's hungry, you feed them. If they're naked, you clothe them. We're not to condemn them. Uh, Bruce, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And as we think about that, how many of us, before we became believers, had Christians come up to us and tell us how bad our life is. Yeah. You want to turn somebody off to, to going to church and being around Christians? Do that. Do that. When you start telling somebody how bad their life is, you better look at your life. As a born-again Christian. Now, when we accepted Christ as our Savior, what happens with the Holy Spirit? He, comes he moves in. in. He what? He moves in. He moves in. Now, I'm going to step out a little bit. When I received Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit moved in. Now, I have the Holy Spirit in me, the power of the Holy Spirit's in me to overcome. I have the same power in me and you have the same power in you that raised Jesus from the dead. Do you struggle? Yes. Will you struggle? Yes. Will you do something as a Christian that you should do? Yes. But who's there for you? And he gives you the power to overcome sin. We all have a sin nature. We will naturally sin. But Jesus came to give us power to overcome sin. What I'm saying is you don't point fingers at other people who aren't as you think they ought to be. The Pharisees did that to Jesus. Well, he eats with sinners. Yeah. 
what is it? Uh, he said, the, the well don't need a doctor or healing, but the sick. So a person without Jesus Christ, in a sense, is sick. They don't know Christ as their Savior. They're sick in the, in the spiritual side because they are hell-bound. And if we start criticizing and putting people down for it, then we are in problems with the Lord. He will hold us accountable. Well, they did something wrong to me. Well, which, now, I've got a, a DVD that Ron Taylor gave me about Christian defense. The self-defense self of a Christian. And I won't, I'll, I'll play some of these in here. I'd like for y'all to come. Everybody wants to hear it. Now, are we to let somebody just walk over us? <laughs> Too bad. Uh, and they take scriptures, these people who don't believe in, in capital punishment or corporal punishment, whatever, and misuse the scriptures. But we are still not to point fingers at someone because they don't live like we think they should. Now, can a Christian become a stumbling block? Somebody. Yes. What's a stumbling block? Somebody gets in the way. If I sit this down here and Sister Millie came along and nobody's showing her and say I'm leading her in a sense but I'm going to walk her right to where she would trip over that bag. She stumbled. Anything we can do as Christians in our life that can become a stumbling block in other words, we cause a non-believer to stumble over becoming a believer. We are guilty. When you point your finger at somebody, what we always say? Yeah, three point back at me. So I'm three times as guilty as they are. That's never happened before. Okay, it's still good. <laughs> I'm going to jump, drop down to 21. Really? Verse 21, chapter 7, Matthew. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do my commandments. Keep my commandments. The will of the Father. Now, how many remembers, I can remember as a child, <laughs> this is kind of funny in a sense, how many remembers going to a tent meeting where they had sawdust on the floors? That's showing rage, isn't it? <laughs> now this, this, <laughs> I was listening to a black pastor the other day. And he had, he they had a nice church. You know, it wasn't a big church, what's called a real big church. Probably had, I think he said somewhere around 200 people in his church. They decided to have a tent revival outside the church. And he went and got sawdust and put it on the floor, on the ground. <laughs> and he said, what happened was, people came, had a wonderful service, 
And the power of the Lord started falling. And he said, here people are falling under the power of the Lord in the sawdust. And they had sawdust all over them. Their hair was full of sawdust. <laughs> he said the power of the Lord fell so, so much in there, they didn't care. And see, that's, that's when you know. Now, I, I'm going to be very honest with this. There's women who will not be baptized in water because they mess their hair up. The pride of life. What is it? Less flesh, less eyes, and pride of life. Now, if you don't get uh, refuse to be baptized because of your hair, you got pride. And, and all you got to do is read. Uh, Ecclesiastic chapter 3, isn't it? About vanity. But see, <laughs> never mind, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm getting enough trouble now. Many shall say to me in that day, the day of the Lord, or the day they died and are standing before him. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not preached in thy name? That's what they're saying. And in thy name have we cast out devils <laughs> and said, in thy name, done many wonderful works. Bruce, you got that scripture? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Romans 8, chapter 1. There is Therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay. So Jesus didn't come, and uh, John 3, 17 said, Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. In Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation from God or Jesus our Holy Spirit, if we're in Christ. Titus 3, 5. I'm going to read these scriptures again. Now I want you to think about what Bruce is Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me, Jesus, in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Preach the word of God. In thy name. And in thy name have cast out devils in thy name. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Got it, Bruce? <coughs> sure. Titus 3 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Okay, now I'm going to read this scripture. Just like what Bruce just read, and I'm going to finish reading. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity or sin. There's going to be many, many that will come to Jesus saying exactly what he just said. And he's going to tell them, Depart from me, I never knew you. Because they depend on their works and their way. 
You understand what I'm saying? Not by works of righteousness. Not by these good works. But it's according to his mercy. It's according to what Jesus Christ did on that cross. We uh, sometimes now in that cross as Jesus Christ died on that cross he paid for our sin. Right? What else did he pay for? His blood covered our sins. What's sanctification? That's how we live. He gave us the ability to live a life pleasing to him and God. How do you have that ability? Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us as the Holy Spirit's in us. We call upon the Holy Spirit to give us the power to help us and bring us through. We just did the pledges to the Christian flag, the, the, the Bible, and to the American flag. In these pledges, we commit ourselves to what we say. As we pledge that, when I became a Christian, I pledged my life to Jesus Christ. Now, there was a dramatic change in my life. Not everybody has that. The Lord knew that the witness and what I was doing, I needed that. I needed that walk with him. I had to have that walk with him. When I fell under the power of God, I needed to be burnt bad. He had to burn all that stuff out of me, the sin I was in. But sometimes the Lord does it a little different. You get saved, and you're, oh, you're happy about it. You know, you have an experience of changed life. Old things pass away, and all things become new. But old things are becoming new a little, a little, a little, a little, a little at a time. But some, some of us are so guilty because we don't see the growth in somebody else that I may see in myself or I may see in somebody else. Oh, look at Zach over there, how he is growing in the Lord. And that person over there, they've been coming to church for 10 years and look at them. We are guilty of that. And that you, the Lord says if you see a brother or a sister in, in a fault, you help them up. You don't put them down. And so many want to do that. I guarantee I was put down a lot before I came to know Christ. I, I was in church. I was raised in church. When I turned 15, I knew, I knew better mom and dad. They didn't know nothing. They were dummies. And I lived my life. And nearly died in sin. Nearly died. Doing the things that could have got me killed. But because I had somebody praying for me. Amen. Yes. My dad had received Christ then. I had sister, brother, mom and dad praying for me. To protect me. The Lord protect me. Until I come to know him. 
experience I had with him. I was with Lauren Larson on, on Swagger Show. He gives his testimony. And as he gives, I, I, I relate to his, what he says. Because I know where I was at. Many times I was just a fraction of being killed. But the Lord protected me. The same with him. He said, what got his attention? He, had, he lost his hand, his fingers, off one hand. He was done in his walk. When he received Christ Jesus as his personal Savior, he was strung out on drugs and drunk. Wow. He said, hey, I got saved without a preacher. <laughs> Sat in this house and accepted Christ as a Savior. I told y'all probably, I probably told you, but the next day, he normally always had a bite of marijuana that he took to work with him and throws it on the back of the truck with the guys he worked with. He said, that morning, I walked out to, how many knows what a family Bible is? That's what he read when he got saved. He had it on the mantle of his place just to look good. Well, anyway, he took that big old family Bible and didn't take the marijuana because he didn't want it. Took that big old family Bible and throw that on the back. So the guys looked at him kind of funny, you know. What are you doing? So he started sharing Jesus with them. And as he did that, they looked at him and, and said, told him as he's walking away, whatever. But anyways, this is what the guy said. Ah, he'll be back. That was 34 years ago, I think he said. And that's what they said about me. When I went to work, I told you I was packing Pistol illegal all the time. Always had one on me. That's before concealed carry. I quit packing that pistol that day, that Sunday night, and went to work with the Bible. And never had a Bible that I couldn't reach from then on. The Lord took that from me. And the men at work, you know what temptation is? You know how Satan tempts? How he'll use people to tempt you to step back, go back, turn back? It came like waves. And the guys I used to run to the bars with and all this, I give you that. He's just going through something. But some of them are gone now, and I'm still here. Some of them friends of mine refused Jesus Christ as their Savior. Well, I talked with them. Never received Christ as their Savior. I'm here, and they're gone. The Lord's been merciful to me. He's been good to me. Count your blessings, make them one by one. Amen. And you will be surprised at the Lord has done. If you're struggling with any kind of sin in your life, take it to the Lord. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the power in you to overcome because the same power is in you that raised Jesus from the dead. 
Just to forgive our sins and, and cleanse, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That was written for unbelief. What are y'all doing saying? That was written for us. <coughs> so if I sin, which I will, I shouldn't. He said, I overcome sin. If you sin after this, it's in there. You sin willfully. In other words, I sin if I want to. Because he gave me the power to overcome sin. But this old human flesh of mine fails. That's why Jesus, our God, in his word, gave us that scripture. Bruce, look up 316. Uh, 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 2 Timothy, I think it is. If I sin, I confess my sin to the Lord. He is faithful and just to forgive me my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16. I think that's what I want. All scripture is good yeah, and an inspiration it. of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Okay. Right there it covers everything that God's word has for us. <coughs> you understand what this said? All scripture. All scripture was given. Read it again, Bruce, first. And do one word at a time. One more time. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay. Inspiration of God. Who, ins who inspired, the Bible says, holy men of old, who inspired these men to write down what we read? God. And what God? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved upon these men of old who wrote the Bible and they wrote down the scriptures as God gave it to them. Next word. And is profitable for doctrine. All right. What's doctrine? What? Do what? Doctrine is teaching. Doctrine is what you're reading. I can give you any kind of a book of other religion, and that's doctrine. But the doctrine of proof of God's word, that's doctrine. The teaching of God's word, the reading of God's word, that's doctrine. What I believe is doctrine. Next one. For reproof. Reproof. What's that? Correction. Correction. Reproof is whatever's whatever I read, if it's not right according to God's word, then God's word will Reprove it or prove it strong. Next word. For correctness. Correction? Oh, correction, I'm sorry. Yeah, correction. There you go. For, yeah. Correction. How many ever has felt the correction of God? I have not been physically spanked by God, but I have been spanked. All right, go ahead, please. For instruction in righteousness. Okay, instruction in righteousness. Why don't I live? If you're born again Christian, you read the Bible, you have a desire to read the Bible, it tells you how to live. In righteous living. We'll all fail. 
We shouldn't, but we do. That's what we battle against. We battle with ourselves, with flesh, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Then three things wrap it up pretty good. So I want somebody. Hey, how many remembers when I asked uh, to come up? I want you to sign up on a list and confess your faults. <laughs> You know, uh, the Lord says in His Word, confess your faults. One to another. <laughs> not, not, not somebody else's, but confess your faults. So I call it Confession Sunday. Fault Confession Sunday. And I had a paper I wanted some people to sign up. You know how many I got signed up? Zero. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> now, if I ask you to sit down with you and want to talk and say we need to pray for somebody and then all of a sudden we're confessing our faults. The Lord doesn't say that. Confess your faults. And we all have. And if you're married, you know what a Bible hand is? Uh, dude, just sets me in the chair and I bob. <laughs> All right. I, how many here wants to be in that line when Jesus says, Depart from me, I never knew you? Well, if he never knows you, you're hell bound. Oh, I confessed Christ as my Savior when I was very young. I promised God I would I would serve him if he would heal Dale of polio. He healed Dale of polio and I reneged. And it took his correction to change me. He never forsook me. I forsook him. But he brought me around. And I will serve him until the day I take my last breath or Jesus comes. How many remember the day you see Christ as your Savior? The Lord says, return to you first love. First love is excitement when you accept Christ as your Savior. The joy in your heart. Life. Life. Presses down on us all the time. And we forget that joy. Life comes and presses us, pushes us, and brings us to the point we forget that joy of the Lord. <coughs> return to my first love. Or your first love. What he said in Revelation, return to your first love. Think back when you receive Christ as your Savior. The joy that you have. The excitement that you have. The desire to read the Bible. Desire to pray. Life is ever consuming with all kinds of stuff. If we could get excited about our salvation as these people don't get at that Super Bowl. Should we be more excited about our gift from God? Eternal life through Jesus Christ? 
Shouldn't we be as excited as the people at the Super Bowl are going to be? Some are going to go out there so depressed. There will probably be some commit suicide over the Super Bowl if their team loses. And the others going to be on cloud nine until next Super Bowl. We need to do that with our the gift that we have from God. I'm excited about my Saturday. I'm excited about it. I said sometimes, say, why me, Lord? Why, why did you choose me? Why did you draw me? Why did you? Why did you look at someone like me? The sin I was in, the things I were doing, and still love you. Through the prayers of one that loved you. I want you all to know, and I'm not bright, but I know where most of you sat. And I start most time with fail. And I pray for each and every one of you. I, in my mind, right. I lay myself and I picture my mind where you're at. And I pray for every one of you. And I look at seats. That's all right. I look at seats for people to accept. And I pray for them. And if you sit in a different seat, still know your place. And I pray for you. You and I pray for you. Jesus said, Peter, I pray for you that your faith fail not. That's what Jesus said to Peter. And Peter came to him and he said, get behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. The influence of Satan will keep fighting at that time. Each and every one of us. And if you don't know Christ your Savior, <coughs> praise for you that you come to know Him as your Savior. He goes before the Father. You, you understand? We're going to close now. Well, you know, God knew what you would become, and He knew that we needed you. Yeah. And that's why He came. And I need it him. <clears throat> I did that a long time ago about Christ. The gangs and the people I ran with, the places I was going, things I was doing. I was that close one time. I was driving the car around the corner over here. And you all know my past, don't you? Most of you? Alright. I was seeing a married lady and her husband seen me. I was coming over the hill. He swung over and hit me head on. And I was able to dodge. So he tried to kill me. But God had a different plan for my life. He has a plan for every, every life in here. He has a plan for you. He'll use you 
Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing, Lord, that falls upon us and through your word. And every one of us failed. I had to admit that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. I did that, Lord, in my heart. But I, I knew that, Jesus, you were raised from the dead. I believed that in my heart. And I confessed with my mouth. When I went down to the, and, and prayed with Sister Taco, I confessed with my mouth. And you changed me. And the old things passed away. And all things start becoming new. <coughs> and I thank you for that. Every one of us in here today, you know our needs. You know our need for a closer walk with you. And Father, I thank you for that desire. And as we leave here today, as we confess you as our Savior, that's an assurance that we have. <coughs> and someday, and it could be very soon, I shall see you, Jesus. But I'm ready. I lay down at night in your love. I wake up in the morning in your love. I walk through the day in your love. And I thank you for it. As we leave here today, may we say, <coughs> it was good to be in the house of the Lord. And we give you the praise and glory for it. Ask your blessing. In Jesus' name.